Hello there. In this episode of From Queers to Peers, we do an interview. In this interview, there are mentions of conversion therapy and police raids. Um, if either of that sounds like it would upset you, as always, please feel free to skip and take care of yourself first and foremost. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of From Queers to Peers. This is the second part of our Older Queer Experiences episode. As I mentioned last week, we have another interview set up today. Um, so our new guest, uh, if you want to introduce yourself, please go right ahead. Hi, my name's Linda. And I'm a lesbian. I guess that's what I got to know how to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works perfectly. You're giving the, the important info up front. Um, yeah, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, Kelly, I know this is an important guest for you. Yeah. Um, here, do you want to explain your history together for, for the listeners so they know what's up? Yeah, so um, originally I was in foster care. I'm uh, going around all across Ontario. And then I got a random call from uh, 514, a CIS service saying literally just asked me a question I was like do you want to come down to London I'm like yes the next thing I know is that I'm a I'm under Linda's care amazing so it it was like that from like what was it 2018 to 2020 oh wow yeah 2018 to 2020 and we still keep in touch yeah (laughs) That's that is really lovely. I'm glad you guys uh, do have such a, a close relationship because uh, I don't know. It's just nice to see, and also clearly, uh, it brought you here today to us to to share with people around the world to, about what your experiences are. That's um, true. So I guess I'll I'll just start with our our first question, which is like uh, it's less of a question, more of just like a prompt, but. What has kind of been like your history, your coming out experience, anything you think that's like pertinent to your uh, kind of life as a lesbian? Okay, well, in regards to history, um, as I'm 70 years old, (laughs) a little different than yours might have (laughs) been. When I was young, it was not only a criminal offense to be gay, but it also could get you seriously injured if people knew you were gay. Um, I also was in the foster system and was a crown ward, which meant that the government was my parent and they determined what I could and could not do. Um, Definitely not allowed to have same-sex relationships. I was put into reformatory and when I was let out the first time, I was told that if I was caught in a same-sex relationship, I would be back there. Oops, I did go <laughs> back. Um, then, like most, not most, many people in my age bracket, what we did was we then conformed. Not because we wanted to, not because we enjoyed it, but because we didn't know how else we could get moving forward in life. Um, so I ended, I ended up in a relationship with a male. I had two children. And I will never regret that. Love my children dearly. Um, And I tried to live within the confines of what society believed I should be. And at 40, I decided there's just no way I can't do this anymore. 
and uh, I went and told my family that I was gay. Nobody in the family was surprised at all. <laughs> they, in some cases, it was like, well, did you think I didn't know? Why are you telling me? <laughs> that included my children. <laughs> wow. A um, couple of family members have not really spoken to me since that time. And that's fine because people who don't accept you for who you are are people you don't need. Um, and I guess that that's about it. At 40, I came out at, uh, I'm trying to think of how old I was, maybe 46. I uh, married my ex-wife. Um, we didn't marry before that because it wasn't legal until 2005. We got married in July of 2005 live my life as me and I still do. <laughs> I guess that's my history. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess Emma since then was how, how was your involvement in the community and how's your involvement today? Um today I'm not very involved in the community other than my friends that I've made over the years. Um that's more to do with uh, COVID and many, many things, mm-hmm. um, moving and a lot of different things have gotten in the way of that. <clears throat> um, also, the small community I'm in up north, as Kelly can relate to, is not nearly as accepting and open yeah. <laughs> as the city of London. And that's not to say that they don't have a gay community here, that we don't have gay pride. We do, but there's still a lot of backwoods rednecking going on in regards to people who are gay. Right. Um, throughout the years prior to that, from the time I came out to my family at 40, I attended Pride every year. I was involved in various things with Pride itself. And, you know, just I was being me in my community where I was comfortable. Yeah, certainly. Like, um, I think looking back, do I know anyone growing up as LGBTQ plus up north? And I'm just like, initially, no, not until high school, where one person, and that's my, my my friend that I share the same birthday with, came out to me as gay. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. She was the same age as me, I'm a same birthday, <laughs> same class, so we grew up together. I can't tell you another person from up north that, you know, I grew up kind of, you know, <laughs> anyone queer. You d- you did grow up on the extreme end of it. I've got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you really did. Like for today's, for people in your age bracket. Yeah. Right. You grew up more like I did, really. You know, yeah. like in the 60s, nobody knew anything about being gay. Mm-hmm. And if somebody did know anything about it, it was never anything any good realistically yeah yeah so it was it just was a similar experience that way really i know uh my mom moved not like super north she's in like tweed marmara area um but tweed like this year elected a a, a gay mayor which surprised the both of us <laughs> um because wow. it's pretty small up there too i don't remember exactly how many people but uh we were both like very pleasantly surprised when that news came out, but I I grew up uh, metropolitan. I grew up on the other side of Toronto, 
um, not in the city, in like uh, the GTA, and then moved yeah. to London. So I've always been like, I don't know, suburban. Uh, even though like the city I grew up in was like very, Whitby is a very like conservative city, or at least it was when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. But there were definitely people around, and like I had my friends in in school as well, uh, who also came out as queer eventually. Most of them, anyway. Um, so yeah, definitely a different experience, but I can only imagine what it's like for people who actually grew up in Toronto. That's got to be nuts, um, just comparatively. But anyway, um, so the next question is, what kind of progress have you seen in your life regarding, you know, to us LGBTQ rights in the community, and also what setbacks have you seen? Well, in regards to rights and progress, um, as I said, as a child really, I didn't have any rights, mm-hmm. period end. <laughs> um, yeah, point we blank, were considered eh? to be mentally unstable. Um, because I was a crown ward, I was forced to have psychiatric treatment to fix me, wow. um, which by the way was uh, by a lesbian psychiatrist. <laughs> kind of interesting how that one worked out, eh? Uh, yeah, theory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, People who are gay aren't looked at as being mentally unstable. Um, they're not considered to be sick. Um, when I was a child, there was no you didn't you didn't have any rights in regards to your sexual orientation. Sexual orientation was black and white. You were hetero or you were wrong. Right. And um, th- those rights are there today. You know your your right to um, express yourself is now actually part of the charter of rights you're not um you're hindered by society in many ways still but you're not hindered legally you can legally marry you can adopt children you can do many things that certainly i could not do um the schools i think have progressed tremendously the kids now have their own clubs within the school system um they don't allow bullying based on gender preference. I think they do a lot for kids today to make life easier for them um, and to, to show the other children that you know they're not different than you. We're all the same. Right. I think there has been a lot of progress in many ways, um, and certainly decriminalization is the biggest of that. And anything in regards to, like, have you seen any kind of, like, I guess setbacks, rollbacks would be the word, or is, do you think it's all been like a pretty positive upswing? I think it's pretty positive. There are still, um, certainly there's still issues. There's pockets everywhere of people who do still discriminate. There are some religions who still discriminate. Um, and I don't think that's ever going to change. I mean, in the day comes that human beings accept the, each other as being equal across the planet. I think that would be an amazing day, but I don't think I'm ever going to see it. <laughs> yeah, that one's kind of the loftier goals, eh? Nor and, would I. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, think That's so. far beyond our lifetime, too, I think. And I but... think, too, one of the... From my perspective, one of the setbacks that has occurred is the labeling, that there is so much labeling. I don't understand why we need to have a label. You know, why? 
we are all the same. And I, I don't really believe in the, in all the labeling. It's um I've worked with people with disabilities all my life. That's you know the labels they carry for so many years. <laughs> I don't I don't understand the need for so many labels, and um, I probably never will. I don't meet people and say, "Hi, my name's Linda, and I'm gay." Right. Yeah, like I'm Linda. You except for at this me, podcast like, where we <laughs> we right? had you say it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you know like realistically. Yeah. yeah. I I don't I don't feel a need to label myself, and I or others. I I never have, and I'm. I, I don't think I'll ever understand why we do that. I think that's part of the reason we have problems and have had problems in the past is because we do separate ourselves with labels. We shouldn't have to do that. We should just be able to live our lives as ourselves, who we are, as long as we're not hurting anyone else with what we're doing. Yeah, because at some point it just becomes like that. that's what you are known for. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like you're walking around with a little stamp on your forehead. Why? I, I don't understand it. <laughs> I admit that. Yeah. I find that a lot with like young, like young teen kind of queer kids. Um, and I partially relate to it because I was I was somewhat like this when I was like first coming out around 15. Um, because at the time, like it feels so, 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 so important. And it is to like your 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 journey to self discovery and all that, um, but it, it's so. I mean, when you're a teen, everything is huge and extreme and and big. Yes. Um, so they they take that and they really run with it, which I get at the time, but definitely like, I mean, obviously I'm still a young person, but even going from like 15 to 23, I definitely hold not less importance in my identity, but it's not like at the forefront I find anymore. Because um, you read, you've gone past the point where you feel the constant need to prove yourself. Right. And I've, I've learned more about myself and what I care about outside of that and what I like that's outside right. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And that, that's the thing I'd like to see change. There shouldn't be a need to prove yourself. Do heterosexual teens have to prove themselves? Right. It's in, in, like, in some yeah. ways they do just because of the <laughs> bullying Emma because they they use gay as a negative connotation especially in high school yeah. or they use gay as you know an insult and then you know they do chicken games right right yeah they have to prove themselves to their fellow heterosexual peers because they're all weirdly insecure <laughs> um and they but, do yeah. that by making others insecure. Yeah. Right, literally. It, it's such like a, a, a vicious little cycle. It certainly um, is. But I don't know. Again, I think a lot of that territory comes with just being young and everything feeling like it is the most important thing to ever happen. Not just to you, but like in general. Uh, yeah, like it, a world where everyone accepts each other. And you can no longer, like, these labels don't matter because you can then find whatever you're looking for. Right. Yes. Yeah, a a dissolvement, I suppose, of of labels would definitely, I think, lend more accessibility to a lot of people uh, because people wouldn't feel like they're shut out of certain spaces for a label that they hold, but... Yeah, it's like I'm a... I'm a... It's like introducing yourself and then, you know, for me saying, oh, yeah, I'm a 
immediately saying someone to a complete stranger saying, oh, yeah, I want to be a, a 3D animator. Oh, I want to, you know, I play like, you know, video games 60 hours a week. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just unnecessary to to do that for each person. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. <laughs> I definitely do. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I mean, uh, yeah, again, this is a pretty good segue into the next question, um, which is how has the community like evolved in your eyes? How has it evolved? Yeah. Like kind of um, like inter, like, a uh, inter-community stuff. Well, when I was young, there certainly wasn't inter-community stuff. Mm. Um, even when I was middle-aged, it was still... You know, we had, there were gay clubs, um, they got raided, things like that happened. Um, you left, if you left on your own at midnight on Saturday night, you might not get home. But now those things are part of the community. They're part, they're socially accepted. Um, you know, my next door neighbor has a right to go to the bar to, and watch a hockey game with his pals. I would have the right to to go to a gay bar and do watch whatever we're watching with mine, you know. Um, so that has things have evolved that way. Society has opened up much more than what it once was. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's a lot better than it was. Yeah, I definitely don't think anybody can can deny that. Just hearing like even what, what you said your history was in our first guest as well, it is a, an extremely stark difference and rather impressive how much yes. has changed in a relatively short amount of time. Yes, I would say probably from the 60s to, to the late 90s, there was a lot of change. There was a 30-year span there where a lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. And um, it has continued to evolve from that point. And you know, now you... Even things like you you see during gay pride, a lot of cities now fly uh, the pride flag or the the pride week. Yeah. You know, um, that's one of the things we don't have up here. The small town I live outside of does, but the one right next door, which has a military base, does not. Mm. (laughs) And they've been arguing it every year, and they still won't fly that flag. (laughs) Man. That like feels it, uh, almost unsurprising, but still disappointing. Yeah, and I do think that part of that is that there, because the military base is in that town, um, and the military has not has not accepted gay people for very long. I think that has a lot to do with it. They're just very stubborn. They don't want to change their ways. Yeah. Hey, some people will be stuck in that forever. Like no matter how much society and external things change, right? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, society has changed for the better, mm-hmm. I think. I really Absolutely. do. So growing up, what were your, you know, queer role models or icons that were important to you? Now, this can range from people you actually personally knew to, you know, actual celebrities. Actually, I can't think of anybody I knew of when I was growing up that fits that. I know it's really hard. That has to do with when I grew up. <laughs> there wasn't anybody there. <laughs> that is still like a an insightful answer, though, because I mean, 
four kids today there are maybe not in their personal lives obviously that's dependent but when it comes to celebrities there's definitely at least quite a few people that that they can look up to and they can see as like a public queer figure yes i agree with that yes like like just two off of the off my head right there's harry styles and lady gaga which are both like i'm gonna be honest insane the harry styles one bugs me because he's not (laughs) even like he's never ever ever said that he is queer at all um he just dresses in feminine clothing um but that's like i'm not gonna deny anybody who finds comfort in him but he literally am a supports everything oh yeah i don't think he's a bad person don't get me wrong um and again i will never knock somebody who who finds comfort in um yeah i was i was thinking about um i was going on off the angle of being more comfortable with um, uh, yourself and who you are and yeah he, he definitely embodies that that's absolutely true um and i was thinking about like uh jojo siwa when she came out as a lesbian um she's like a if you don't know who jojo siwa is i think she was like one of the kids on dance moms or something she was really young yeah when she was really young and then she became like a very popular children's figure she did like music and stuff um and then yeah i think i want to say last year or 2020 she came out as gay um which i think was like major for a lot of kids probably because she was huge um so yeah, there's in the celebrity world alone, kids have a lot more options these days. Um, yeah, and a they lot more. Have the, the social media too makes a huge yeah, difference. Social absolutely. media was when I was young, so there was no way to connect with people in other places or see what was going on in other places, right? Right yeah. now, they can they can see queer celebrities from any country in the world. That's right. Our our last question uh, is what advice you would have for younger queer kids specifically? The only advice I would have for them is the same advice I would give to any kid, and that is to believe in themselves, to know themselves, and don't live their life based on someone else's dreams or goals for them. They need to make their own goals and follow their own dreams and make a place for themselves as who they are. Don't let other people sidetrack you. Don't let people's opinion of you change who you are. If someone has an opinion of you that they that you're unhappy with, that they won't let go of, then it's time for you to let go of them because mm-hmm. you don't need them. Awesome. Thank you very, very much to our, our two guests for coming and, and sharing their lives with us i think it provided a lot of really fascinating and good insight especially for kind of people our age people younger than us who wouldn't have any idea what growing up in a time before you know the 2000s would be like um and thank you obviously everybody who came to listen thank you yeah for coming sitting with us and listening to some wonderful stories we will see you all in the next episode goodbye Thank you for listening to our podcast, From Peers to Queers, created by and for 2S LGBTQ plus youth. 
This project is brought to you by the LGBT Youth Lines Provincial Youth Ambassador Program. If you or someone you know is looking for community support, check out our peer support helpline over at youthline.ca. Our website has a chat service, or you can send us a text at 647-694-4275.